From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Good evening. My name is Victor Vigiani, and I'm sitting in for Richard Serra this evening on The Conspiracy Show. Richard is uh, under the weather, and we're running the ship alone this evening here on The Conspiracy Show. There have been a number of things in the news lately that have really kind of uh, disturbed us in, in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I picked up on this morning, most of the regular listeners to the program will identify with this. I was listening to the radio, and it was just uh, sort of going about my business. And uh, on one of the larger radio networks, there was an interview uh, by a well-known moderator on the radio. And he was interviewing a scientist. And the interview was about aerosol spraying. And this scientist had written a book about the, uh, the possibilities of of uh, aerosol spray to control the weather, to um, reduce the amount of uh, acidity in the lakes and uh, the oceans, and just experimenting or at least looking at the possibility that governments should investigate the possibility of spraying aerosol components. He, he named sulfur to be one of them, uh, plus other other components too. And that spraying this information, or rather this um, uh, this substance, would somehow create a better uh, control over uh, the pollution that we seem to be experiencing, that we've uh, caused since the, I guess, the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. And as I was listening to this, I became really kind of concerned. Uh, the reason being because this scientist was saying that we should begin to investigate the possibility of spraying this stuff in order to control the environment, uh, get rid of pollution, etc., with these chemicals. And uh, I give my head a shake, and maybe you will too. I don't think I'm mistaken when I can tell you that chemtrails, oh, pardon me, wait a minute, let me get that straight, geoengineering has already been going on for a long time. Ten years, maybe 15 years, could be longer. You look in the air, you see the chemtrails. Those of you who listen to the program, often we've heard that. Many, many times, those of you who have visited the Internet talking about uh, the chemtrails in the air. And this scientist was totally unaware of the fact that this kind of spraying protocol has been going on for a long, long time. His suggestion was that we just begin to look at it and experiment with it. Now, I can't believe that mainstream media has not yet picked up on the fact that chemtrails, or geoengineering as they might want to call it, has been occurring for a number of years already. And you can see it. I witnessed witnessed it myself. Uh, I was in Prague two summers ago on very clear days. And the chemtrails there were just all over the place, crisscrossing the sky, doing all kinds of weird and nasty things, and nobody gave it a second thought. I was in Washington, D.C. last May and uh, to cover the citizen hearings on disclosure, uh, operated by Stephen G. Bassett. And uh, every morning I would leave about 7.30 or 8 o'clock and, and make my way downtown to the Washington Press Club. And I would witness over Washington, D.C., all of the crisscrossing of the chemtrails there, too. And this is going on right over Washington, D.C. And I'm sure each one of you have seen it in one way or another. So my question is, why would a large radio network bring on a scientist and begin any kind of dialogue about the so-called phenomenon of uh, chemtrails without really investigating what he was saying. 
just an experiment, or is it really, really going on? That's my question to you. And if you are out there and you wish to comment on this, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. You can call here at 416-LOCALLY, 360-0740, or call internationally, if you wish to, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740, if you wish to make some sort of contribution about that comment, because it did disturb me. And uh, I guess it's one of the reasons why I firmly believe, and it's my estimation, that we're living in a bit of a dream world, and, and a world that's not giving us the, the full information about what we are uh, existing in. And that is my assessment. Okay, It may not be yours, but it definitely is my assessment. And I have something here that might uh, kind of irritate some people, but I'm going to uh, put it forward anyways. And it's a quote that, that I used in one of the articles that I wrote several years ago, and it's very, very appropriate for, for what's going on right now. And the quote reads this, Participation in North American democracy is largely based on the belief that citizens should never be released into the world unless they are properly sedated. This quote has been taken from a convocation address that I found. But it not only is taken from that address, it really magnifies the state of denial and ignorance in which a large and massive proportion of North American people live in. It also is an illustration of an historical testament to the lies we are prepared to accept for the sake of convenience. And it really does fascinate me how this can happen in a, in a large modern society with all of the Internet that's out there, with all of the kinds of things that are going on in terms of our ability to grab onto information and then not only grab onto that information but promulgate the information to a point where everybody knows about it. And why the restrictions? What is going on that we are so restricted, that we are so ultimately blinded by the fact that this information is repressed in a certain way? And the issue that I deal with, uh, the UFO issue, is, is one very, very good example of this. And uh, this information is, by and large, stifled to a point where no one, absolutely no one, has any inclination about certain segments of information that have been withheld from us. And uh, I think that the UFO phenomenon, along with this other phenomenon of, uh, of geoengineering, is something that for some reason, is being withheld. And I'd like to know why. I think one of the things that we need to find out is that there are mechanisms in place, and these mechanisms that are in place are so insidious and so dastardly that no matter how much you bring the information up, no matter how much you promulgate the information, those in the power-based structures of uh, large media have ways of completely disassembling this information completely making this information irrelevant. And that's a concern that I have. Um, we had a guest on earlier talking about um, the disappearance of the Malaysian flight that we're all kind of um, in, uh, sort of captivated by. And his basic theory is that this particular disappearance is not necessarily a crash scenario. And this scenario is something that has been planned by whomever, and that this so-called missing jet has somehow been commandeered by pilots, 
quote-unquote, terrorists, whatever you want to call them, and um, taken to a place where it landed safely. And his information was that through intelligence that he has, and he has operated in deep intelligence black operations, that this jet is being kept for a doomsday scenario. And uh, this doomsday scenario involves somehow putting on board this Boeing 777, a nuclear device, and having this Boeing 777 take off again and then make its way over any place on the planet. He's suggesting Israel. He's suggesting North America. This thing could happen anywhere. And have this Boeing 777 detonate the nuclear device and, in essence, destroy um, parts of North America. And this would create an electronic EMP pulse that would eliminate all forms of electricity. And this is a very fear-based scenario. I, I will admit that. But most of the information that we've been getting from news agencies, it's clear that we're not getting the whole story. And this is what I alluded to earlier, that we just may not be getting the right information, or at least we're getting strung along somehow to believe that the search is still on, that the search will eventually yield something that is um, palatable to all of us, that is somehow acceptable to all of us, that we can say, fine, thank you very much, end of story, and it sort of has its uh, ending, as most of our television scenarios do. You have a, a problem introduced at the very beginning of the hour, you have all kinds of conflict during the hour, but eventually the viewers find out that that the scenario is fixed, it's done, it's over with. So we're okay then at the end of the hour. But what if this individual that I'm alluding to is right? What if that jet is sitting someplace and just waiting to be used by a terrorist organization? I'm not saying that's the case. That's far from what I'm saying. It's, that's not what I'm saying. But if it is, if that is in fact the scenario, we're sitting on a time bomb here. We have to take a bit of a break. And uh, we'll come back on the other side and maybe throw a few other ideas around. This is The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Good evening. Once again, back on the other side. My name is Victor Vigiani, and I'm sitting in for Richard Serrett tonight. And Richard is under the weather, as I mentioned earlier, and we're trying to... Um, redirect the ship so that uh, he'll eventually take the place uh, it, that I'm in right now next week. And by the way, we should mention that next week we do have a an interesting, I guess, bunch of information for you, as we usually do on this show. And I just want to sort of bring you up to date as to what just could be happening and and uh, just frame it for you so that we can you know, give you uh, some information that's not something that you would consider every single day. Next week, Richard and I will be uh, talking to Tim Ball about UN Agenda 21. Uh, I'll leave that out there for you to have a look at. It's called UN Agenda 21. Uh, and our guest next week will be Tim Ball. And also, um, Gary Hasseltine, a UFO researcher. I had the pleasure of um, witnessing uh, Gary Hasseltine's um, 
testimony at the citizen hearings on disclosure last May. And Gary is a former uh, United Kingdom uh, police officer, detective, and he gave some absolutely staggering information about the UFO phenomenon that he experienced firsthand as a police officer in um, so we'll get to that next week, and right now we want to introduce our our guest this evening, and it's a it's a fascinating situation because it has to do with pyramids, and this evening's guest uh, is a Bosnian-born uh, individual. He lives in Houston, or he did live in Houston. He's uh, discovered ancient pyramidal complexes in uh, Bosnia. Vizoko, I guess I hope I have that right, which consists of five colossal stone structures in the shape of the pyramid with extensive prehistorical underground tunnel networks. He's established non-profit organization. As an archaeologist, he has uh, established the Foundation of the Sun, and also he teaches at an American university in Bosnia-Herzegovina as an anthropologist professor. We would like to welcome to our show Dr. Sam. And, Doctor, I'm going to ask you to pronounce your last name for us. <laughs> Hello, Victor. So this is Dr. Sam Osmanagic. Osmanagic, good. Great of you to be with us. You have a fascinating story to tell us about this new discovery. Now, as, as far as my information is, is concerned, I, I'm familiar with the Egyptian pyramids. I know that there have been pyramids in other parts of the world, in Mexico and, and different parts uh, of the planet. Uh, they seem to be a very pervasive kind of structure that has been endemic to history throughout the ages, uh, independently uh, constructed. But now what you've done is you've, you've located a whole different series of pyramids, and there's a whole lot different about these. Just give us an overview of what you found. Yes, you're right, Victor. You see, almost everything they teach us about the ancient history is wrong. The origin of man, civilizations, and pyramids. For pyramids, they tell us that they are built in Egypt and Mexico, and that's wrong. They're built all over the planet, on all six continents. For Egyptian ones, they claim they're built as tombs or pharaohs. Again, wrong. No pharaohs, no mummies in the biggest Egyptian pyramids. For 25 years, I've been researching pyramids on six continents. And then, in April of 2005, I came to my country, Bosnia, near the capital city of Sarajevo, the town of Visoko, 20 miles to the northwest. And first, I saw the hill in the shape of the pyramid with four sides, triangular faces, obvious corners, the same slope from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. I took a compass, and the compass showed me the sides of the pyramid match the cardinal points. And that's how the pyramids were built. And even though in Bosnia they are covered by dirt, forests, I knew that they were artificial structures under the layers of soil. So from 2005 until today, it has become the most active archaeological site in the world. Every year, I'm getting four to 500 volunteers from 40 to 50 countries and all continents. We spend 350,000 hours on archaeological digging, sample testing, radiocarbon dating, and concluded that we have at least five pyramidal structures in Visoko, which I named the Bosnian Pyramids of the Sun, Moon, Dragon, Earth, and Love, and below the pyramids, a huge network of prehistorical underground tunnels and chambers. And the whole valley I named the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids. I see. Now, mm. this project brings seven elements 
that will forever change our view of the ancient history. Number one, these are the first pyramids in Europe. Number two, they are the biggest, the largest on the planet. For example, the Great Pyramid of Egypt, 147 meters in height. The Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, over 220 meters. The element number three, the orientation of the side to the cardinal point are the most precise on the planet. So far we thought it was the northern side of Egyptian pyramid, mm -hmm. the most precise with the error of zero degrees and two minutes in Bosnia, it's zero degrees, zero minutes and 12 seconds. The element number four, below the layers of soil, huge rectangular blocks. We've analyzed them in seven institutes for materials in France, Italy, Prague, and Bosnia, they all told us it was artificially made concrete of exceptional quality. The element number five, through the radiocarbon dating, they figure out that the age of the pyramid is 29,200 years, which makes them the oldest pyramids on the planet. Element number six, below the valley, as I said, huge network of prehistorical tunnels, which is the most extensive under any pyramid complex on the planet, and the element number seven, in those tunnels, we've been discovering huge blocks. We've analyzed them also, and they are ceramic blocks. So they are proof of very advanced technology. Based on those seven elements, we know that history books will have to be changed. Well, that's, that's quite a mouthful. Now, just take... I want to take you back a second. When you say that they're covered uh, in soil, how, how deep would the, those layers of soil be? They, they've accumulated, obviously, over thousands of years. How deep would they be on, on average? The same like in China, Mexico, or Guatemala. Hmm? In China, there are 250 pyramids in the central province of Shanxi, layers of soil up to one meter. In Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, up to one meter. In Bosnia, around one meter, three, four feet. Closer to the top, a little bit less, about 40 mm -hmm. centimeters. Closer to the bottom, one and a half meter. So after thousands of years, and of course the wind and humidity and vegetation, you know, they got covered. Because the climate is different than, for example, in Egypt and Peru, where you have desert conditions. When you say that the, uh, there's blocks underneath... Um, I, I, we've all seen pictures and documentary uh, reports on the way the, um, the Egyptian pyramids, for example, were constructed. Do you have any uh, sense of how this particular uh, series of, of pyramids were, were constructed in the same way? Or, uh, of course we do. It's different. Every pyramid has its own local scenario. In Egypt, you have limestone and mm -hmm. granite blocks. In Mexico, sandstone and granite till in Guatemala, volcanic stones. In Peru, you have adobe bricks. In Bosnia, the sun pyramid is covered in concrete blocks. And the concrete was made from the material they extract from the underground tunnels, which was conglomerate. And conglomerate is nothing but pebbles, rocks, sand. What they did as a binder, they used melted clay. The ancient Romans were, were doing that over mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago but also in Bosnia, much, much before that. When it comes to the quality of the concrete, two elements are important. The hardness, water absorption. 
Hardness, our concrete today in 21st century, 10 to 60 megapascals. In Bosnia, 134 megapascals, two or three times better. Water absorption, our concrete up to 3%, and this one in Bosnia, only 1%, also superior. The ancients had formulas and knowledge about the construction materials more advanced than we do. Well, let me just dwell on that point for a second. Uh, and I've done a little bit of research in, into different kinds of, um, uh, I guess, the locations of the pyramids and just general reading. Uh, it's, let's just depart for a second uh, about the shape of a pyramid, just, just the shape itself, irrespective of where it is on the planet. Um, t- two points. First of all, how or why has the pyramid become such a pervasive kind of structure independently constructed throughout the planet? That's my first question to you. And then, is there, a, is there a specific reason why these pyramids have been created where they have been created? As a matter of fact, out of two, we can make one. The answer to your first part about the geometry and why they are everywhere on the planet what I do, I classify pyramids to the original ones, which are the biggest, the most superior, and the oldest, and those that came later, which are basically the replicas. And we can see this scenario in Egypt or in China. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest one, well, the ancient builders knew that the most powerful geometrical shape when it comes to the energy is the shape of the pyramid. Why I mention energy? You see, in Bosnia, the first year of the project, 2005-2010, we spent proving that we have construction complex. And really, if you have the shape of the pyramid, which is covered by artificially made blocks, you have inner passageways, you have perfect orientation, you have underground tunnels, somebody constructed the complex. Now, our next question is, why? What is mm-hmm. the true purpose of pyramids? Egyptologists, archaeologists, Geologists cannot help us. Nobody teaches them in schools about the true purpose of pyramids. So we ask for the help from the experts in energy phenomena, uh, geophysicists, electrical engineers, and physicists. The first one to come to Bosnia was PhD in physics, Dr. Slobodan Mizrak from Zagreb, Croatia, Mm -hmm. who determined with his team that on the very top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, there was an energy beam, electromagnetic in nature, frequency of 28 kilohertz, radius of 4.5 meters, focused and continuous. His readings are confirmed by Serbian electrical engineer Goran Marjanovic, Finnish sound engineer Haik Savolainen, and Italian anthropologist Professor De Bertolis. When you have four independent teams mm-hmm. coming at four different times with their own equipment and they're all getting the same readings, this is what we call international independent scientific verification of the phenomenon. Which one? This energy beam going through the center, through the top of the pyramid. Obviously, it is not a natural phenomenon. You have to have a machine to generate this beam. So in other words, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is not only the biggest pyramid on the planet, but at the same time, the biggest energy machine on the planet. 
The next energy phenomenon we measured on the top of the sun pyramid was the ultrasound beam. When I say beam, it means that you can measure those energy phenomena only in this particular radius. You go left or right, mm -hmm. no measurements. So the ancients knew how to manipulate with different energy phenomena. So how, how would they? How would the the, the ancients? Um, w w how would they have known that this kind of structure could could be a machine? Did they use the machine for for other other purposes, or did they just create it because it had an aesthetic value? This or did is, this is how they knew that? That was the second part of your previous question. Mm. The locations of the pyramids ah, extremely important. I see. The pyramid by itself does not generate energy from nothing. What okay. They would do. They would place the pyramids over very potent energy places. I see. In the case of Bosnian pyramids, the Visoko Valley, in the heart of Bosnia, mm. according to three labs, Vienna, Austria, Belgrade, Serbia, and Zagreb, Croatia, they told us that the source of the electromagnetism is 2,440 meters below the pyramid, either a huge iron plate or iron or by iron because iron generates its own natural electromagnetic field what the pyramid does it sucks this energy amplifying it and focusing how do we know that it amplifies the energy our russian friends professor kavroshkin and professor tsiplako from the schmidt institute from moscow measured the strength of the signal at the bottom and at the top of the pyramid at the top it was 50 times stronger and now we know why. Inside the pyramid, our Austrian colleague, Klaus Dona, got the measurement through the geophysical methods, and we know that there are seven levels of passageways from bottom to the top, and they are laid out as a spiral. So this energy is going through this spiral, spinning, and becoming much, much stronger. I see. So it seems that they generated this particular frequency and energy beam and then we measure this energy beam after it released the after it is released to the pyramid as we go higher this energy beam is getting stronger and stronger and stronger now our technology is saying if you move away from the source of the energy then the signal should be getting weaker and let's call this hertzian technology but since in Bosnia, everything is upside down. Okay. The pyramids work differently. You move away, the signal is not getting weaker. Doctor, can I, can I hold you on there for a second? We just have to take a bit of a break, okay? Right. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. and we get. To, I've got some questions about the way this energy radiates. Uh, just fascinating stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. In any case, uh, my name is Victor Vigiani, and I'm sitting for Richard Serrett uh, this evening on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. For those of you who have just joined us, uh, Richard is under the weather this week, and he will be joining us next week. Uh, let's hope he, uh, he's uh, able to recover from his, uh, I guess, setback. He's okay, but just feeling under the weather. My name is Victor Vigiani, and we're talking pyramids this evening to Dr. Oz Manigic from Bosnia-Herzegovina, who's talking to us about the lost pyramids, or 
I guess recently found pyramids in Bosnia Herzegovina, and talking about the energy related to these things. And these things are much older, apparently, than the the Egyptian pyramids. And I'd like to do two things, uh, hopefully in a segment, uh, Doctor, is to look at, I'd like you to review again the idea behind the tunnels. Are the tunnels underneath each one of the pyramids, or are they linked together with all the pyramids? What, what role do these tunnels play? We have a huge network of prehistorical tunnels and chambers below the Pyramid Valley. The entrance we discovered, two and a half kilometers from the Sun Pyramid, and so far we have cleaned and secured for the visitors 1,100 meters of those prehistorical tunnels. And they are like a labyrinth. Every five, six meters you have intersections, tunnels going to the left, right, back, and forth. So we can see two civilizations inside. The first one who built those tunnels, technologically very advanced. Thousands of years after constructing, they have not collapsed. And the second civilization, who for some reason brought a lot of filling material, filled them up, they built the drywalls, and they closed them off. So what we do, what this other civilization, when they fill them off, what they did, we are actually cleaning them again and moving towards the Sun Pyramid. When it comes to this project, we apply interdisciplinary scientific methods. It's not not only archaeology, Egyptology, geology, but also satellite analysis, thermal, geophysical, energy reading. Plus, besides the physical science, we are looking this project through energy and spiritual realm. So, on one hand, it's very exciting, a new discovery. On the other, unlike any other project in the world, in the the area of archaeology, Egyptian pyramids, Chinese or Mexican, which are always uh, with the selected information and elite science. In our case, no elite science. We have opened the project for everyone, for volunteers from all over the world, for visitors, no confidential information. People come and they realize it's a huge discovery. And we have another important aspect, the healing aspect. People come to those tunnels, they realize that the concentration of negative ions which clean our blood from viruses and bacteria are dozens of times higher than, let's say, on the mountains or in the forest. Mm -hmm. So somebody was building underground healing facility. The next thing, no cosmic radiation that are harmful to our bodies that we can measure in the tunnels. No natural radioactivity. So our body cells don't have an enemy. So the moment you get into the tunnels, your body cells start doing their job. And their job is to fix the problems in our body, to start the self-healing process. So this is an amazing Discovery. So you're, you're talking about energy that can somehow have healing properties to it. So you would enter the tunnels and uh, whatever pathology you may have, that energy can recognize it and do something about it? good thing about our research is that everything is measurable. You get oscilloscope and other scientific instruments and you measure. When it comes to the electromagnetism, two major frequencies. The first one is 28 kilohertz, the second one is 7.83 hertz. 7.83 hertz in science is called 
Schumann resonance. Everything resonates in the nature, mm-hmm. but the best resonance for humans, for our physical, spiritual, and mental abilities, is the Schumann low, low resonance. Now on the planet, our frequency is rising. In 2012, 14.5 Hz, 2013, 15.1, and this is very bad. Mm-hmm. Because this higher frequency directly attack our brain waves. We are becoming more and more nervous, aggressive, stressful. And guess what? The Bosnian pyramid complex has been generating those low frequencies and they are the guardians of the best energy field for humans. I see. Now the people who live in this area, uh, the the Bosnians that, that actually live there, uh, who, who either know or do not know about the, the, the structures that are there. Is there any evidence pointing to the fact that they may have been influenced by this, this healing energy, or do you have to actually enter the, the tunnels to, to, to benefit? People haven't known about the existence of pyramids until I came in 2005. They thought it was a natural hill, simply covered with oh, forest. I see. The tunnels have not been known to them. I discovered them in 2005 also. They had an entrance and they considered it a natural cave. It was completely sealed off. And then when we started cleaning, we realized how huge the underground network. And only when we entered inside, people would be coming with their testimonies. For example, people with asthma, they go inside, they breathe excellent, they got outside, they don't need air pumps anymore. People with all kinds of allergies, they got outside from the tunnels after a couple of hours. The allergies are gone. All kinds of pains are gone. Mm. And that, when we started doing those measurements about the energy and negative ionization and realized how beneficial for human health it is, and not only that, also for the spiritual abilities. Mm. Namely, we measure the ultrasound frequency of 28 kilohertz inside the tunnels and on mm. the top of the pyramids. And this frequency is the best frequency for the levitation process. So the ancients knew how to get the proper frequencies, and that is amazing part. I'm going to hold you there for a second, Doctor, because uh, this is just fascinating information. When we come back after the break, I do want to venture into sort of the, any evidence about human presence in these, uh, in these structures, which fascinates me. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani. Stay with us. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Once again, welcome back. My name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard Serrett tonight on The Conspiracy Show. We're talking pyramids this evening and uh, lots of interesting information from... Uh, I guess an authority, probably uh, the only authority uh, that can explain exactly what's happening in Bosnia with respect to these to these pyramids. Uh, and, and, and doctor, we, we really have um, uh, not really gone thoroughly enough into this. We'd probably need another two hours to, to get into it. But um, I'd like to find out from you: uh, Is there any evidence of um, of human uh, either habitation or presence in the in these in these pyramids, like that, that dates back many many years? Now. We are still not under the pyramids or in the chambers within the pyramids. I see. But we've been finding chambers a couple of kilometers away from the pyramids, underground also. Those chambers are empty, huge intersections, very complex underground network, but no bones 
organic materials okay. that belong to the builders. We are finding interesting and uh, rather intriguing artifacts made from granite, for example. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've been shaped, but it's hard to say if they belong to the original builders. But what we can say for sure is that they did have technology to create the best quality concrete. They knew about the cardinal points, east, west, north, south, and with excellent precision they could orient it those sides, and they knew how to manipulate with the energy. Do you have any explanation as to why the orientations of these particular uh, pyramids are that much more accurate than the ones, uh, say, for example, in, in Egypt? Why is the orientation important? Everything is the energy, as we know that. Our planet is a huge energy ball, and energy flows go north-south, east-west. When you build a structure in the shape of the pyramid with four sides, and when you perfectly orient it, then the planetary energy initiates the movement of the energy within the pyramid. And it, is, it was always about the energy in the past and today. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it fascinates me that um, this, this whole idea of drawing energy from the earth, I mean, it, it's something that I've done a lot of reading on myself, and uh, it's something that I accept you know, uh, in a way that uh, internally that I can I, that I can deal with it. There are many people who um, just don't understand the concept, and I guess we're getting now to the point of how we, uh, as North Americans specifically, have sort of um, attenuated ourselves to a worldview that says that this kind of stuff just doesn't happen. And not only does it not happen, but it's it's not in our history. It's it's not something that we paid attention to in the past. So what, what seems to me to be, in addition to all the fantastic and fascinating things you're saying about the existence of these pyramids, what you're saying is that we have to rewrite history. We have to redate our ancient history to really tell us what the true story is about not only how these things were constructed, but what they can actually do. And that's going to mean leaving behind a lot of destroyed notions about what ancient history really is. You're right. So the first thing about the ancient history, they teach us that history of humanity is history of evolution. Wrong. They're telling us everything started with Sumerians, and then Babylon, Akkad, Assyria, ancient Egypt, ancient India. Wrong. This is just the last civilizational cycle. Mm-hmm. For this one, there was another one which ended 12,000 years ago, and mm-hmm. another one 18,000, 55,000, 75,000 years ago. It was cycle after cycle after cycle. And the second thing, when we talk about the energy on conceptual level, look what we have. Coal, dirty industry oil and gas, limited sources. Mm. We have, instead of wireless, we have wire, power lines, you know, where we lose the energy during the transportation. The ancients were using natural energy sources. And in the case of Bosnian pyramids, they build a complex, which is the proof for the existence of first perpetual motion machine on the planet. It mm. has been working for 29,200 years because we can still measure those energy phenomena and they are not natural. Mother Nature does not make those focused energy beams, ultrasound or electromagnetic, but you have to have machines, you have to have artificial sources very smart. Mm -hmm. Would you imagine that uh, this kind of information that you're sharing with us, 
um, and juxtaposed to, like what you mentioned, fossil fuels and transmission of electricity over wires and the loss of that energy, and all of the technical things that we have developed over the last, you know, two to three hundred years in terms of technology, and even more so now. Um, I'm just sort of wondering, how would that kind of, of concept change under the utilization of the energy that, that you're saying is there? Is it something that can replace what we have, uh, be an adjunct to it, or, or completely um, uh, set it aside in terms of uh, making our forms of energy archaic? Instead of, instead of what we've been using, we could have clean energy, unlimited sources, non-Hertzian phenomenon, the energy that's you know, getting stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. We could have wireless transportation of the energy and the free energy. And of course, last couple of hundred years, they were aimed exclusively to profit. You cannot sell the free energy, mm-hmm. so the elites are not interested in such kind of inventions. What Nikola Tesla did 100 years ago, or what we are finding now with the pyramid technology. Is this one of the reasons why Tesla's uh, information was virtually destroyed or, or taken out of his home? Is that basically? In 1899 and 1900, when Tesla constructed his today known as Tesla's coil, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to send energy beams from his lab in Colorado Springs to the ionosphere. This beam would reflect. It was coming back to the Colorado Springs, and then he would lit up 10,000 homes. So it was clean energy and it was free energy. Now, have American corporations corporations accepted this discovery? Of course not. Mm-hmm. How would J.P. Morgan make money selling the free energy? Instead, him and his colleagues started investing a lot of money in hydro, thermal, nuclear power plants today. So they're spending a lot of money in the power lines. We lo- lose 20 to 50% of the energy so they can sell it to us and users for a lot of money. But the day will come when the free energy will become accessible to all of us. And that will be the first pillar of free society. The second pillar will be the free flow of energy. Instead only to elites, it should be coming to all of us. And based on those two pillars, we will have a society of free women and free men. That's quite a, a philosophical position to take, but it also has some very, very practical aspects to it. Uh, what you're talking about is revolution of, of a kind that we haven't seen in um, in, in, in decades, in, in, in eons, in terms of human development. How do you see that really breaking the surface of the, the glass ceiling that we have over us right now and the, and the control that corporations have? How do you see what you're talking about breaking that glass ceiling? The way we are heading now, is so wrong. Our technology means destroyment of our civilization. We need to stop that because of our future. And the pyramid technology is one important way out. We need to lower the frequencies of our planet, and we can do that with the pyramids, not only in Bosnia, but with those in China, Egypt, Mexico, or Peru. We need to find, to activate them, or through the reverse engineering, figure out how the ancients were doing that. So the ancients knew something that we either don't know or are rejecting. Is that what you're saying? There is nothing new to be discovered, just to rediscover. I see. To 
tens of thousands of years, yes. And I think that we need to figure out how they were doing that. In my research, I realized that, for example, the oldest pyramids in China are the biggest. The same thing in Egypt, the same thing in Bosnia. It meant for me that this technology had been brought. Everything else, anything, what they were building, you know, after that, they were trying to build the replicas, but they had no technology or knowledge to do that. So let's see how those original builders were thinking. What did they know that we don't know? We know, among other things, that they were applying sacred geometry. They were using the number pi, 3.14, golden mm-hmm. cut, equilateral triangles, and they lay out their structures and pyramids. They were smart, and they were always using natural sources of energy. Well, these natural forces that you're talking about, um, they, they seem to be becoming more and more prevalent in some of the discussions I've had, uh, you know, in, in, in conferences that I've uh, participated in and uh, in different aspects. Actually, I spent some time in Sedona, um, Arizona, during the March break uh, here in Canada, and uh, spent a week there and talking to people about that location on the planet, the, the Sedona area. It's about five forty-five hundred feet to 5,000 feet above sea level and the monumental structures that are there and the the kind of, um, I guess, peacefulness of that area. And no matter who you speak to, there is this, um, there's this implication that that area in, um, in North America, anyways, has a very, very shared type of energy uh, to it. Now, there are no pyramids, obviously, but people speak of that kind of energy existing in that particular part of North America. Do you have any information as to why that might be and why people are literally, uh, you know, they, they congregate in the Sedona area to, to experience this energy. Sedona, but not only Sedona, Teotihuacan, Mexico, Machu Picchu in Peru, Tibet, Giza in Egypt, Bosnian pyramids. What we have in Bosnia, we attract tens of thousands of people every year. They go to our tunnels, they climb the sun, the moon, the dragon pyramid, and this is what they tell us. We feel like we are at home. People from Brazil or Peru or Colombia or New Zealand, Australia, India, Pakistan, Egypt, Norway, U.S., they're saying they feel like they're at home. Of course they're at home because they came to the best energy field for them. On our planet, we know that underground we have lane lines, energy lines. We have underground water streams also generating the energy. So we have some very potent places. And those that we mentioned earlier, yes, they are potent places. And what the ancients were doing, they were building their huge monuments like pyramids, tumulus, conical shape, artificial hills. They were building megalithic sites like Stonehenge, Avery Hill, Anandshag, Yonaguni monuments, Baalbek in Lebanon. So they knew where to build it. And guess what? When you go to such places, you can measure that your aura, bioenergy field, is getting increased. When your aura is increasing, then you can develop your spiritual abilities. You can develop your spiritual senses. The ancients knew that besides five physical, we had 30, three zero spiritual senses. My Today, goodness. we talk only about the one, the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. But when you develop your spiritual senses, you can communicate you can communicate telepathically, you can do teleportation, you can heal with the touch or with the thought. 
and that's the type of the knowledge that we have lost over the time. Well, that's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, kind of, you're talking revolution here of ideas too, and rewriting history. Do you have a website to share with us? Our official website, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. BosnianPyramidOfTheSun.com and my official website, SamOsmanagic.com. We thank you very, very much, Doctor, for joining us this evening. You've opened up doors that we've all yet to pass through, and I hope we take the opportunity to speak again. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I think I'm going to be booking a flight to Bosnia. I've never been there before. Uh, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, my name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard Serrett. We hope you'll join us again next week here on The Conspiracy Show. Good night. <laughs>